first reading can be found in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42, which will be found on page 1094 of the New Testament portion of the Bible. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. gospel reading is taken from Matthew's and it's chapter 6 it's chapter 6 and it's verse 25 to 33 and it can be found on page 971 Bibles therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Eunice. Shall we pray? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Lord, increase our love of you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength as we seek to show you our devotion, the God who is so devoted to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. We're continuing in the boat, rowing away fiercely or sailing away, whatever boat you happen to be in. We're in boat number three at the moment in our series. And the story is told, and it's actually happened, I think, not as a story, 
that sometimes men would be in pubs and get drunk, believe it or not, and then they'd be coshed over the head, and then find themselves woken up in the morning on a ship. And they would be press gang into working in a crew of one of these mighty rigging ships that need a lot of people to help run them. And in the opera, Billy Budd, he himself gets press ganged onto the warship Indomitable. Or perhaps in Ben-Hur, that great film that I know somebody once watched and became a Christian through watching Ben-Hur. Where Ben-Hur, in that, I don't know, with Charlton Heston, the real one, obviously, you know, where he's in that, in that boat rowing with all those people, you know, and somebody gets up and literally falls down. He can't move because he's changed the boat. He can't get out of his seat, so he has to, you know, just lie there with everybody around him. But they're still rowing, they're still rowing. And amazingly, as we had drumming this morning, that's how they beat the rows. They used to drum. The Roman people, you know, they used to drum the beat of how quickly you rowed. And you had to keep up. You had to keep up, and you had to really work hard at this. Now, is this what Simon means when he means, he's talking about, are you in the boat? Does he want to press gang us in there? There is no choice. If we're going to be forced, we've got to get on board. Get on board the good ship St. Swithin's. And our sermon series is seeking to help answer that question. What is Simon thinking about? What is he talking about? What is God saying to Simon in this strange title, Are You in the Boat? Oh, it's a phone call for someone. Lovely. (laughs) Do take it. Could be something important. Anyway, here we are. I'm going to recap briefly because some people don't come every week. Um, Obviously, one in three weeks is now the answer, so I'm just going to recap a bit as to what we're talking about into seeking to help answer this question of why get on the boat? We're in a home of grace. We are still seeking to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ and on him alone. We know that it's not through our works that we are saved, the rowing. It's not through our works that we are saved. We know we are building on the foundation of sheer grace of God. When I survey the wondrous cross, we're responding to all that God has offered us by offering all that we possibly can as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him, as Esther shared last week from Romans 12. We're also seeking to invest the gifts he's given us wisely, that we may make a difference in this community that God has placed us here in Bath, where we are to serve and to pray and to love. And finally, we need each other to do this. We can't do this alone. As Esther shared with her poor digit last week, we need all the digits. If one digit is missing, it's really difficult. So we're building on a foundation. We're investing wisely the gifts that God has given us, and he has given us gifts, amazing gifts in this body. But we're to do it together. And today, I want to focus on the motivation of wanting to leave land and to go and sail on the stormy seas of faith and take the risk in going forward in following Jesus. And I want to focus on this word devotion. Devotion, here, devotion and love. And Acts 2 is a church that God dreams of, it seems. A church after God's own heart. A church devoted to him, devoted to each other, and devoted to a broken world. And Luke writes of people so radically devoted to God that it's changed the whole way they actually live, the way they think, And the way their actions then are seen in the world. Their desire in this church is to be like Jesus. To be the body of Christ here on earth. And the great missionary Leslie Newbegin writes, It is surely a fact of inexhaustible significance that what our Lord left behind him was not a book, not a creed, not a system of thought, nor a rule of life. But he left a visible community. 
And Jesus creates a community to spread his gospel to the ends of the earth. As the Father sends me, so I am sending you, he told them. And the disciples witness the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. They are then commanded to wait. Before they do anything, they are to wait in the city of Jerusalem. They are to wait for the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that will lead them into all truth. And the Spirit comes and falls upon them. And as the Spirit falls upon them, they pour out onto the streets of Jerusalem. They physically go out, interestingly. They simply cannot remain where they are. They've got to get out there. They've got to go. Once they're filled with the Spirit, they're waiting. They are then filled. And then they pour. They literally pour out onto the streets. And over 3,000 people came to Christ that day. 3,000. And Luke, such a man of detail because he was a doctor, he looked at people. He saw what was wrong with them. I'm not looking at anyone now. But anyway, he looked at them and he saw them. A great man of detail. Demonstrates what effect this had on people who were strangers. These people were strangers before. And he starts with these words. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. Devotion. Next slide. Devotion means, thank you, Brian, love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person or activity. Loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, trueness, steadfastness, constancy, commitment, adherence, allegiance, dedication, devotedness. This is all in this word. They devoted themselves. These were evident to Luke, who chose the word devotion. I love this word. I simply love this word devotion. Of all the words that Luke could have chosen, He chooses this word. It has a word of feeling about it, a word of heart about it. And it means the disciples did not go around dragging people onto boats, coshing people on the head, saying, come and follow Jesus. They were called to be fishers of men, but not press-ganging men, women, and children into the kingdom. They did not chain them into a disciplined routine of life that forced allegiance from people through fear. No, Luke tells us they devoted themselves to three things, to God, to each other, and to mission, to God. Teaching, teaching the Word of God, the foundation upon which our ministry over centuries in this place has been built upon. It is rooted in our devotion to God as we feast week by week, day by day, upon His Word, remembering that only what? You get four hours of input spiritually if you think it's only Sunday. 90% of people only talk or relate to God devotionally on a Sunday. That's 10% of you are all here, well done. You actually realize that you, you are actually seeking God in different ways for your spiritual food as well. We feast upon God's words. That's the first thing they did. They listened to God. They listened to God through his word. They would have heard from the apostles. They would have heard about what Jesus taught what he taught about the kingdom of God, and Jesus didn't seek, say, seek the kingdom. He said, seek the kingdom first. Seek it first. Seek it above everything else. Seek first the kingdom of God. Our hearts desire many things. My heart desires many things. And God is so patient with me. He's so understanding that I desire other things other than him. But Psalm 86, verse 11 says this, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness and give me an undivided heart. As they devoted themselves to the word of God, they learnt his ways, they discovered God's faithfulness, and their hearts were bound together. 
all the different allegiances of our hearts that all of us struggle with. All of us have all kinds of things. You just see people's diaries and commitments, particularly retired people. They are incredibly busy. And there are so many things that we have to seek in life. And Jesus was quite clear, seek first. That's so simple, isn't it? Simple words from simple Simon this morning. Seek first. He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts to be devoted to him. Bind your heart to God. Wholehearted devotion to God as we read his word. And this devotion to God is fed by the breaking of bread where each week they would reflect, they would remember God's utter devotion to them in giving his son to die for them. And that devotion they see from God in offering up the sacrifice of Christ leads them to pray, leads them to looking to God as our Father, speaking to him, sharing our lives with him, but reveals the, the heartbeat of our faith, the heartbeat every moment that we believe in him, that our hearts are seeking him, this devotion to teaching, this devotion to the breaking of bread as they took the bread in their hands and remembered the sacrifice, the devotion of God in Christ. It would lead them to pray. And these three things reveals their devotion to God. Devotion to God naturally leads to devotion to each other. Remember, devotion means loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, steadfastness, constancy, commitment, dedication, allegiance, fondness, admiration, attentiveness, care, warmness, and closeness. And this is what Luke, the detailed guy, saw in the early church. Their devotion to God made a difference in the way they lived. It changed the axis upon which their world had been spinning, only days and weeks after they discovered Christ. They were in fellowship with each other. And the word fellowship translates here in the Greek koinonia. And in this verse, it has a definite article. It is the fellowship to which the newly baptized believers devoted themselves. And in secular Greek language, the word koinonia, it meant a group of friends. A group of friends, though, that had a shared goal. And its members were linked by bonds of both affection and common interest. So, for example, it would be used for a group of sailors in a trading ship. And so Luke, in using this word, specifically likens the Christian community to a partnership, a friendship group with a common goal. And to be a Christian is to be called by God into koinonia, the koinonia of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so as members of the Jesus partnership, we share a new community identity. We are no longer just in Adam, sharing the corporate identity of humanity as a whole with all its marred relationship with God. To be in Christ, as Paul writes often about, to be in Christ is to share in the new community identity, a community that is built upon reconciliation, built upon the truth of the cross, all that Jesus achieved on the cross through his death and his resurrection. And therefore, in response to his death, his devotion. It is marked by these new qualities in each of us. It is marked by our loyalty to each other. Fun Club, 25 years it's been going. It's it's marked in so many different ways. Hence the word that he uses here, devotion. Devotion that even we are told by Luke led to the point of selling goods that others may not be in need. This devotion, you see, was real. 
It wasn't some just warm, fuzzy feeling of fellowship. Remember, it was rooted in the breaking of bread. It was rooted in sacrifice. Paul in Galatians 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And because Christ lives in me, that is going to have a profound effect. Is it not? Truly? And when Luke saw what the sacrificial love of Christ in the lives of those did, they followed Christ and it changed them. We're going to sing a song towards the end of our service. Beneath the cross of Jesus, his family is my own. Once strangers chasing selfish dreams, now one through grace alone. How could I now dishonor the ones that you have loved? Beneath the cross of Jesus, see the children called by God. Would Luke see such devotion here among us? Our hearts are in our eyes as we look at each other. We're engaged in the impossible experiment of trying to see each other the way God sees us. That is, as if we were all precious beyond price, not because of our own beauty or lack of it, not because of our wealth or poverty, our wisdom or foolishness, what power we have or our powerlessness. You see, we don't know, each of us, what the person we are looking at needs forgiving for. Their own brokenness that has brought them to the cross. And we perhaps never will. But we know they are forgiven. And we are forgiven. We are part of the devoted family. Devoted of Christ's love to us and our love for one another. It is level ground. How can we look at people without the eyes of Christ knowing that Christ's devotion is in us. This is how Christ loves us. But it's not just kept here. We discover that grace makes us better readers of each other. And this grace deepens our devotion to really care about the person in our home group, the person in the cafe team, the person in the music band, the person we are sat next to right now. You cannot be forced to do this. Do you understand this? You cannot be dragged or changed, chained into this kind of devotion. I'm not press-ganging you into this. It simply grows from the awareness that you have of God's devotion to you. And no wonder Paul writes in Ephesians 3 verse 17, rooted in the love of Christ. Rooted in the love of Christ. This is what grows out of that soil, and it's beautiful and yet it's so countercultural. It is so countercultural. Devoted to God, to each other, and that leads to devotion for mission. They enjoyed the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number. Are important words in verse 47. Paula Gooda writes an article that I simply cannot find, but she speaks about, I think, devotion to God and each other. How powerfully attractive it was to those who lived alongside early Christians. They saw not just the salvation of Jesus Christ in sins forgiven, but they saw the effect this had on people. The people who were once in poverty were no longer left there. It made a physical difference, an incarnational difference. People mattered and how they were living. It mattered to the fellowship because it matters to God, because God himself took flesh and moved in among us, as Eugene Peters writes of John's gospel. He took flesh and moved into the neighborhood. God does not abhor the virgin's womb. He comes and shares our humanity. 
That is such as his devotion, as we read in Philippians 2, where he left the heights of heaven to descend into the earth and into our lives. And this was attractive. And this is what part, what made the church grow so quickly. They did not set themselves apart. A little sect, a little group who were wanting to be pure and holy and keep themselves apart. They were there in the midst of Jerusalem, revealing the love of Christ. And this was part of the mission, that by their love, by the, by the actual loving of one another, that was their witness, that was their joy in them, that was revealed to the whole of Jerusalem. See how these people love each other. And this is so important that this devotion isn't just kept to us here, wonderful as it is, particularly in my own group, wonderful devotion in there. But actually, where is the devotion you are revealing to the people you work with? Now, that's really hard, isn't it? Because some of those people are really difficult to show devotion to, really hard to love sometimes. Your neighbors, perhaps, people who you've perhaps talked about, this is where it begins to take effect. Will people begin to see the devotion that you experience here that then just floods out into where you live and move and have your being week by week, day by day? Why bother with the ministry of Snow Hill? Why bother with the ministry of the school? Surely we would save a lot of time. We would certainly save a considerable amount of money if we stopped engaging in these things. Simon, we simply can't afford to do this. It's just too hard. We could stop, of course, if God told us and have a very moving, deeply moving service, leaving service for Domi. But I believe our devotion to God, to each other, naturally flows out. It flows out to others. They enjoyed the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number. It can't have been easy for them, can it? It was sacrificial because they opened the word of God, because they broke the bread, because they saw the devotion that God had given them and they looked at their own lives and this devotion simply flooded out into the world around him, around them, and help meet the needs of those that needed help, because that's what flows in the devotion of Christ. If you want easy, I do suggest you join a bridge club. Some may disagree with that. Or perhaps a bowls club, though it can be quite savage. Croquet, do not go to croquet. That is deeply savage. But we are a life-saving station here, sending out people to search and rescue, to bring people home, home to the home of grace, Bring home those who are lost, truly lost. And some people are truly lost, you know. Some people are truly lost and they are all at sea. Where is our devotion to that? So when you open your envelope that you received today, I've got mine, I've got mine here. I too have my envelope. And as you open it, and as you open yourself to God and his devotion in you, as a PCC, we are doing the responsible thing. We are asked by the Charity Commission to be responsible, and rightly so. And we are communicating to you the needs of this family, not just for this year, which would be simple, but we're communicating for future years because we don't want to surprise you and suddenly say we have this great crisis that nobody saw coming. We will be very irresponsible trustees if that were the case. Now we want to let you know of what we see ahead, where the rocks may wreck the good ship St. Swithin's. But we are a church 
who has known the faithful God, the hand of God provide. As we sang, God has been so faithful. We are literally sat in his faithfulness at a time when there was little money even to begin this project. You were faithful. And you stepped out onto the waters and you took the hand of God. And we could never expect it to meet humanly the cost of this building. God is faithful because God is devoted to his mission of rescue. Are we still as devoted now we sit in this building? For some here this morning, you can't put much in. I said this before, but people only come once every three weeks. One pound a week, like a boy with the loaves and fishes. Yet the Lord multiplied it. If that's what you can give, we need your help. For some, it's more than a pound a week. Many today can't commit to serving. They're too busy. But could back the vision by giving money to release others to invest in things eternal. But they need supporting in this ministry in this ministry of kingdom work. So we do pay some of our crew to lead areas of ministry, be that Snow Hill with Domi, be it with our children's ministry, with Janet or the cafe. Yet these members are brothers and sisters in Christ too. And some are in this position where it's hard to give time and serve. And you can, however, give. We need all of your help. And many of you are giving time already, serving in this community in different ways. We need that continued help. Now, I could stand here and tell you that you have to give 10% of all your income, whatever that is, to this church. What you give to anyone else is up to you, but you give 10%. I have the Bible on my side, everybody. I have the authority of the Word of God. I could tell you that you must give your time, that each of you must join a home group. Each of you must be in a home group. I can raise my voice and shout and say God will be very angry with you if you don't do this. And you know what that means when God is angry with you. Ooh. And you should be trembling now. Remember the trembling, you know. Cold comfort farm. Ooh, the shaking. There'd be no butter in hell. Anyway. But these feel too much like going around and dragging people onto a boat, chaining them on press ganging. But I'm reading this passage today, and I'm reading the words, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. And I discover I cannot control what happens with you, with me. I have to let go, and I have to trust God. It is hard but I believe Jesus will build his church, not me. Jesus is the one who said, I will build my church, and even the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we are back again to Jesus and his devotion to us, his devotion to build the church. And that's really hard to believe at this time in Britain, where it seems to be declining and failing in all kinds of different ways. Wonderful what's happening in other parts of the world, in Africa, in South America. But I ask you to go home, not now, but I ask you to shut your door and I ask the Holy Spirit to flood you and to fill you because this is what happened to the early believers and it changed the world through their devotion to God, through their devotion to each other that simply poured out 
spilled out, flooded out into the world and revealed Christ. And when his name is lifted high, he draws all people to himself. It's sacrificial, it is hard. But Jesus said, seek the kingdom. He didn't just say that. He said, seek first. Seek first the kingdom. Am I seeking his kingdom first? Is that what gets me up every morning when I throw off my covers, open the curtains? Here I go, Lord. Utterly devoted once more to you. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. Naked look to thee for dress. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Are you devoted? Are we devoted? We're going to end now with prayer in a specific way. Each of you in a moment is going to receive a name or group of names of people who are part of this fellowship. They devoted themselves to the fellowship, the koinonia. And I'm going to give, ask you to take one name, I think, no, perhaps two, take two. And then during some music being played, which will allow the band to join in, so Alistair, don't worry, you're going to come back in a minute. Um, we're going to do this prayerfully. Uh, bring that person to the cross because that's where the devotion flows from. And leave that person there and pray for them. The other name you have, take that with you and keep praying for them. So we're giving two names to pray for. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Because you are praying for these people. Now you may not know the name you're given because the Lord added to their number. There are people here you may not even know. God knows them. God's utterly devoted to them. God has utterly forgiven them. Bring them in with those eyes and with that prayer. Before we do that, though, so our prayers are also focused outward. We're going to pray for two things that will come on the screen, firstly. Thank you. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. There. It's been an interesting week, hasn't it, for these three men and others, uh, you know, Whatever we think of their politics, whatever we think of their campaigning, these are people who really, in their public service, have devoted themselves to you and I in service. That's what it's meant to be about. So through their devotion, I just want to pray for them, their families, and for the government that we are now sitting under. They need our prayers. They need our prayers. So we're going to pray just silently for these leaders, for all who've been elected to serve and give their devotion. Lincoln said they have been called to give the full measure of devotion. That's how it may feel for some of them. But let's pray for our leaders at this time of great change and thank God for their devotion and duty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
and the next slide. I can't imagine being that person in the top right, and that's really hard, crushed, everything devastated around you. But there are people who are devoted, both in this nation in raising funds, one of them's here this morning, but also people who will go in into utter devastation and seek to rebuild, seek to bring hope, seek to bring water, seek to bring food, seek to bring accommodation. This is just one area. Maybe there's somewhere you specifically are supporting already and want to pray for. But praying for those who are devoted to come in and show, as Dennis has shared with us this morning too, in praying for him and his devotion by seeing people around him killed by diseases that are curable, and his vision and his devotion and passion to see that changed. One person has made a difference to 9,000 villages in Africa. One person. Pray and thank God that he will raise up people who are devoted to bringing good news to people who are ruined in rubble and in pain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. If you take two names, if you can't come out, give it to somebody else to bring your one name. But just sit quietly with that name for a while, and then as the music begins at the back, just come and lay them at the foot of the cross. The children are going to do this too with their names. They're going to come up with their names and pray for them. If you could... If you can pass those along, if I start there. Thank you. If you can take two names, two pieces of paper as it were, that'd be great. Keep one and then pass, take the other one to the cross.